Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. With each mortgage-free home, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us. Heroes that put their lives on the line for all of us, risking their lives for our country and our communities. These heroes need your help now more than ever. Help America's heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. And welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Hilo Sports Podcast. It's DJ and Kelsey with you today, and man, do we have some NFL news for you. Yeah, we have the Super Bowl coming up. Yeah, we have the Super Bowl coming up, and we're not even talking about that first. We're talking the Matt Stafford sweepstakes are over, and he does go to a team in blue, but I don't think the team in blue anybody was expecting. The LA Rams dropping an absolute bombshell on everybody in the NFL world, trading Jared Goff two first rounds and a second round, or two second rounds and a third round, if I'm not mistaken, for Matt Stafford for basically a rental for Matt Stafford and Jared Goff is still under contract until 2023 where he has an option. DJ, first of all, wow. When this happened, we were doing color cast and that was our reaction. I feel like it was just, wow. Pretty much. Like I just kind of saw the notification like, well, what's it? Oh, Oh. And then showed it to you. And I was like, Oh, okay. Get out of this commercial. Here we come. Like who would have thought the first quarterback domino of the offseason drops before the Super Bowl? like the turn, not even the turn of the calendar. 
it was still in January when it happens. And we already see arguably the top two or three quarterback that's on the market, I guess, besides Deshaun Watson. But I don't know. I was crazy. And then going to the Rams, who would have thought like they seem so sold on Jared Goff. He was their guy. I know he wasn't that great last year, but he wasn't terrible. They won 11 games and won a playoff game with him with a dislocated thumb. The year before that, he's a little bit rough. They had trouble figuring it out. But the year before that, he was a top six-ish quarterback in the league. He had some games where he absolutely pieced people up. In the Super Bowl, it was rough, obviously. But I don't know. The kid's like, what, 25? He's not even old. I mean, he has 10 years left if you give him a chance. I thought it was weird that you unloaded all your first-round picks and a young quarterback to do that. And he was your last first-round pick, and he's going to be your only first-round pick in 10 years the way they're going. Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, you talk about it, and and yeah, I haven't seen a first-round pick since Jared Goff for the Rams, and yeah, they're they're hemorrhaging their next two years worth of first-round picks plus the seconds and a third. It's like, you know, we all thought, like, that might be the going price for Deshaun, but Matt Stafford is taking two first, two seconds, and a third plus a player a promising young player at that. Like that's I, I I'm shocked to say the least. I want to know what happened with Sean McVay and them to where there was such a falling out to where they wanted to get rid of him. Like what did, did Sean McVay basically just say like, look, there's, I can't work with this kid anymore. We've already peaked with him. We need more of a bona fide star quality quarterback like Matthew Stafford, who while he has a losing record as a professional, it's not as Owen three in the playoffs. We've seen, some insane flashes from him. We've seen the potential to be, oh, that dude. He's had his moments all the time. It's just that line's dumpster fire. It's kind of hard to thrive there necessarily. And on top of that, his injuries haven't helped too. So the question is, how much better do you think this makes the Rams? Because they're not getting any better in the draft. They're not getting any better in free agency right now because they're pretty cap-strapped at this point. So what you see right now is what you get at best. Does Where do you see the Rams going forward now with Matthew Stafford at the helm? I mean, we all talked about it with the Rams. It was, and we saw it when when Jared Goff even wasn't in the lineup. They just get a quarterback that's willing to unleash the cannon once in a while, and they were a fantastic offense again. And it was just like, what, what's going on? So now you get Matt Stafford, you get the Wiley veteran motif with Matt Stafford, if you will. Um, you still have that fantastic running game that you didn't have to get rid of. You still have fantastic defensive players. You still have Cooper Cup. You still have Robert Woods. You still have. Uh, Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby. I mean, you have all these weapons. You need to, you need got a couple pieces on the offensive line, but that offensive line is still better than anything that Matt Stafford has ever had to work with in his life. And that defense is better than anything Matt Stafford's ever had to work with in his life. And he actually has guys on, on the outside that can actually go and catch the ball consistently and, and somewhat stay healthy. I mean, Cooper obviously has his share of injury woes, but I mean, man, this team looks absolutely fantastic right now i say really this slots them in that number two spot they were already in the number two spot in the west but this absolutely confirms them just because i don't know if there's enough to put them over the seahawks so far because their team on paper is still insane but i do think this easily puts them in front of kyler and and and, and arizona and definitely far and above beyond anybody else so i mean yeah this is you think they're above a fully healthy 49ers team with nick Bosa and the whole squad coming back healthy Yes, because your quarterback is 10,000 times better than anything the Niners have there and even will have if if all the rumors are to be true with the 49ers and what they're thinking about doing at quarterback. So, yeah, I think right now this is a firm number two spot right here for them. 
And you did kind of mention it, Jimmy Garoppolo possibly on the market now. So it's there have been some rumblings, if you want to call them that, that San Francisco is looking into Kirk Cousins. And in, Kyle Shanahan, Kirk Cousins from Washington Reunion. What comes to your mind when you hear that that possibility? And what do you think it would take for that to happen? Uh, lots of laughter. Lots of, oh, you poor fans over there in San Francisco. As if you didn't have to deal with the Giants' plight the last couple of years. Now you have to deal with the 49ers in the NFL just being bad and the Raiders left you. I mean, Bay Area fans, I'm sorry. You guys are getting the short end of the stick if you get Kirk Cousins. Um, <laughs> that's that's rough, honestly. I, I've complained about Kirk Cousins many a time on this podcast. Um, he is the reason why Stephon Diggs is no longer in Minnesota. Um, I, I, I challenge anybody to say differently. He is firmly in my, my belief. He's the reason why Adam Thielen wasn't even, uh, isn't the top receiver that he should be. I mean, he's top 10, yeah but not number one. He's honestly one of the best receivers out there. And Justin Jefferson seems pretty cool with him, though. Yeah, Justin Jefferson seems fantastic in his one reception every 20 routes that he runs downfield, and he's open 10 of them. I mean, you imagine getting a quarterback that can actually throw the ball up to Justin Jefferson see what's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, this is great. I, I So, Kirk Cousins going to San Francisco, I don't know, man. I, to me, I don't like it, but he's had success. Shanahan has had success with Kirk Cousins, so what do I know about anything? I mean, it's it's the perfect fit for what Kyle Shanahan likes to do on that offense. So maybe I'm a fool. The question is, though, what do you give up for him? And if you're Minnesota, you probably want to unload him. They're, they seem like they don't want to get rid of him because they don't want to be stuck with his replacement. But at the same time, they don't really want him. Everything about it says they don't want him. They're stuck with him. If you can unload him, what do you get in return? Like, if you're the Niners, you're probably going to have to offer that first-round pick at, like, number 12, I think it is. Is that enough though? If you're the if you're both teams, is that enough? Do you think? Especially hey, after we saw Stafford just go for it. I mean, let's be honest. Kirk Cousins is no Matt Stafford um, at anywhere even close to the same level uh, of competency at quarterback. And we've seen how well Minnesota can draft in that first round. Uh, look at the Stephon Diggs trade for a first rounder, and everybody's kind of like, "Ooh, I don't know about that." And then it turns out Justin Jefferson just set all these rookie records. So obviously it's not they're not terrible in the first round and I mean that San Francisco first I think is around 16, it's twelve ish twelve it's around 12, twelve 16. yeah so yeah I mean you're not you're not looking at a bad pick there you got your plethora of choices there especially linebacker which is a position they need in corner that's where all the corners are starting to project to go off the board is through that twelve to sixteen twelve to eighteen range and so I mean if you're Minnesota that first rounder that looks pretty good especially since you get that Kirk Cousins contract off the books as well. And that's question, if you're the if you're the 49ers, do you have to do you basically make Jimmy Garoppolo part of that trade too? Like, is it basically a quarterback swap plus take our one? They might have to just for contract purposes. Um, I don't see a way con- contractually they can do it without running some some salary cap issues, uh, having to drop some players. Obviously, they got the big one off their books now. Jarek McKinnon is no longer a, a Niner um, for all intents and purposes, and that's a big big contract off the books. Um, but yeah, this Jimmy one. I think you have to just for contract, just so the NFL isn't like, oh, you can't do that type of thing. I mean, I think you have to just for for keeping the contracts pretty even. But I mean, even looking at it that way, if you if you're Minnesota and you get Jimmy Garoppolo and a first, I'm not I'm not sad about it. Oh, I I, I kind of like Jimmy when he can stay healthy. I think he can produce too. I mean, he's shown some flashes. He's not perfect by any means, but I think you can win with him. He's a good. He's a. I don't think the Niners should be trying to move off him, but something seems. Where there's smoke, there's probably a little bit of fire, especially in California. So I imagine 
he's not going to be sticking around for much longer. I feel like Jim, if they're then they might want to shop Jimmy first and then try and get Kirk Cousins with what they can get in return too. That might be an option if they could get Jimmy sent out quickly, let's say in the next early weeks of the offseason, then get then trade for Kirk closer to the draft. Get as much capital as you can too. Yeah, if you end up with a first round pick for Jimmy, you could do two two ones for Kirk or something. Who knows? Because yeah. Minnesota's probably going to drive up the price for Kirk because statistically speaking, he's on par with Stafford, who just got a King's ransom from the Rams who don't give a sh- ish about draft picks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, like, let's be honest. The, the the best thing to happen for this whole trade for Matt Stafford and, and the Rams and Lions is they're only giving up their first round picks to the Lions. So we know how fantastic they pick in the first round, which is if anybody thinks I'm serious, I'm sorry. Like they are awful picking in the first round. If anybody's missed that memo recently. It's um, like what it's like flipping a coin or like when a Targaryen is born, will it be mad or will it be normal? That's kind of their picks. It's like, will it be good or will it be bad? I mean, yeah. Jeff Okuda for all intensive purposes did not have a great rookie season. TJ Hawkinson looks pretty good, but in and out of the lineup a little bit, not we'll call that a good pick, but DeAndre Calvin Johnson, Swift. great pick. Charles Rogers, bad pick. Just going down their history. Yeah. It's Matt Stafford, it's, fantastic pick. I mean, really, but that's, that's really the last couple. And to me, I kind of equate him to the, the blazers of the NFL. The Blazers and their their top ten picks have never really been good, except for the recent one in Dame and Bill Walton being the last one before that. I mean, in between that, you look at Odin, Glenn Bias, uh, you know, all these other guys who, for whatever reason, weren't able to succeed in the NBA. And for the Lions, it seems to be that way. There was a stretch there where they took a first round receiver every year, and none of them worked out, and except Calvin Johnson. Yeah, except Calvin Johnson. I mean, one of them was Mike Williams. And Roy Williams was the other and Charles one. Rogers too. Yeah. So it's just, it's like, all right, guys, you could have done better. Um, but yeah. And you, you know, you talk about, you know, maybe the Niners, they look at this and they're like, Hey, maybe we should shop Jimmy. And I did mention it on, on, on the top. Obviously there was a team in blue that was expected to get this, get Stafford and win the swap Stafford sweepstakes and those Colts. Is that something the Colts might pursue if Jimmy's on the market? Do you think, do you think that it could be a trade that the Colts who, have success not picking in the first round, trading away their first round pick and picking later in the in the draft. Is that something you think they might consider? Weirdly enough, their current GM Chris Ballard has one first round pick on his resume, and that is Quentin Nelson. The other two years he has traded him. One of them was for DeForest Buckner, and the other one they traded back, which turned into Montez Sweat and a few other picks. So I feel like they almost would rather trade their one and get two twos anyway, just their history of it. Unless it's a top five, top six, Quentin Nelson. Like good luck getting that again. But other second-round picks, you get guys like Darius Leonard, Jonathan Taylor, Braden Smith. So he's clearly competent with making the most of second-round picks because they're not bad by any means. And they're usually early second-round picks because it's usually at top end of the draft team trading back into the first round. So you're getting their early second. If you're the Colts and you can get Jimmy, I think you'd really think about it because you put him in that situation. It's a similar situation like what he took the Niners to the Super Bowl with. Not quite as loaded talent-wise, not as ridiculous. But very comparable. I mean, very good rosters, solid running game all across board. Thing is, with the Colts and the Stafford trade, one thing I noticed, they pursued him, but they were hell-bent on not getting rid of that first-round pick. They seemed, from the few things I've seen about it, because they've only released a little bit from the teams that didn't get him, is they were not willing to trade the first-round pick. They were willing to do some other picks and maybe some second- and third-round picks and some players. But it looks like that first-round pick was never on the table. So makes you wonder what they have in mind, because Chris Ballard has said, couple times even Jim Irsay the owner were like well we're not all in on the Stafford Sweet Six but we're looking at it but they seem like they have a few different ideas like maybe Jimmy is one of them maybe they have some rumblings Jimmy's out there for a second 
then you trade back your pick at 21 like you like to do and get a couple seconds and make up for it that way. That's an option. I mean, they, I know they're not. They're probably not getting Deshaun Watson. I think we can agree the Texans are not going to trade a 25-year-old quarterback in their division, even for four first-round picks and a random player of some sort. Yeah. Pretty safe to say so. Yeah, I mean, Bill O'Brien is no longer the, the, in the front office there in, in Houston to mess it up. So, I mean, I, look, they, gotta, they would really have to just go blind and be like, Oh no, I forgot how to add if they take anything less than four firsts and two seconds for Deshaun at this point in time, considering that's what Matt Stafford just like, if you take what Matt Stafford just went for and just say, all right, well, you get a guy who is more productive currently and younger and more athletic and yeah, like locked in for like three or four more years too. Yeah. On a friendly deal on a very friendly deal in comparison to what he could be making. Um, And then, yeah, you just look at other court. There's just, we're going to be going to talk about a lot of quarterbacks here. So we're just going to kind of get into these quarterbacks as it is now and just see where we could, what teams we think should trade for them, where they should go, that sort of thing as well, too, since we're already kind of on the topic. Yeah. We talked about Jimmy. I think a lot of teams could look into him, but I feel like the 49ers need to have – they need to basically like, look, Kirk, we're trading for Kirk, but first we're getting rid of Jimmy. I don't think they get rid of Jimmy unless they have that contingency plan set in place. Or for some reason, like a top seven team's like, hey, we want Jimmy. We don't want Zach Wilson. And the Niners are like, oh, we'll, we'll take Zach Wilson. Or if Kyle Shannon sees Trey Lance and is like, oh, I want that mobility or something. Maybe that maybe some fields drops in the draft and Kyle Shannon's like, I want that. Something along those lines. Yeah. Another other quarterbacks are Jacoby Brissett's a free agent. Been the Colts backup, had this was a starter for a year. It sounds like he's not coming back to Indy from everything that's been said. I don't think he's gonna get a starter job out there necessarily. I don't know, but he's a good quality quarterback, a high level backup, but a low level starter is how it seems like the feeling is on him. Do you think anyone brings him in for a starting job, or do you think someone probably signs him later as that backup slash maybe competes with a younger guy type thing? I wouldn't be surprised if they bring him in as a placeholder for a younger guy, somebody like Zach Wilson, somebody like maybe even Justin Fields, somebody where I still think Justin Fields is coming off coming off those games, especially that national championship with some messed up ribs. And if he is, it turns out he is coming off of that with some messed up ribs. It wouldn't be a bad thing to start to, to bench him for the first couple games and have somebody like Jacoby, who isn't the most mobile guy, but you can still put mobility packages in for him. Um, he's still he still is able to move efficiently, not so much expediently though. Uh, but he he has a strong arm, and so that's something to look at. He can be and he's a leader, and that's the big thing with him is his leadership's never been in question with Jacoby. Um, so that's that's something that I wouldn't be surprised if they bring him into a program that. Maybe you don't want to start your rookie quarterback immediately, or maybe you're somebody like Chicago, and maybe they don't land any of these quarterbacks that are floating out there, and maybe maybe they don't go and try to fight for somebody in the draft, and maybe they they settle for like a a late Kyle Trask, or maybe trying to ride the the Mitch train again and see if they can get some get something going with Mitch, and and maybe they they bring in Jacoby as a safety net, if you will. Um, kind of, kind of like what I think about when I think about Matt Castle in Kansas City. Like, why, you know, they brought him in after he proved himself in the, in New England as a backup. Ironically, in New England as a backup, and uh, the Kansas City brought him in in that sort of position. They they didn't weren't expecting to start him immediately, but then he ended up starting and leading him to a playoff. So, I mean, I think it's possible some he could end up somewhere starting, but I don't think it's anybody's first option um, for sure. For sure. Where would you, if you had to pick one team for him, let's pick it. What, what team would you pick for him? Oh, it's so hard because we, I mean, we talk about all these quarterbacks out there. There are 14 quarterback positions that are going to be different next year, probably. 
So if I mean if I'm picking, and I'm just telling like if that's somebody where I want him to go, Miami seems like a very good place for him. You think I that think, he basically takes Fitz Magic spot as the Tua? You're not out of the woodworks yet, kind of guy. Yeah, you know Tua. Tua. Tua obviously is going to be there. That's their franchise guy. That's the the guy they want to hang their hat on. But yet, you know, as you saw this year, he couldn't always get out of his own way. At, in, in games, we we saw something with a lot with Dolphins games that you know where he'd start rolling and everybody would crash down on the line. Whereas if it, if anybody else is ro- rolling out, they don't crash down on the line as as hard. Um, and so that's something with Tua that you obviously have to expect that he improves next year because I mean it's a second year and he actually has a full preseason hopefully. But uh, I do think I do think putting somebody like Jacoby there behind him, having that calm cool collected safety net not just the he already had the fitz magic brain and i talked about that in my prediction for the dolphins and how that's going to help him help out to uh i think having jacoby and that leadership role and how confident and how comfortable he is with his own talents and playing within himself i think that could be something good for tua um sure and, and I, you I, mentioned fitz magic where do you think he ends up then he's a free agent do you think who do you think it wins that sweepstakes if you want to call it that I think Fitzmagic's family wins that sweepstakes, if I'm being honest. I honestly don't know if he goes anywhere. I think he might actually hang it up finally again and just be like, I'm good. Um, you think So you think this was the final know. ride for Fitzpatrick? You think that Hail, Hail Mary against the Raiders was his last swan song? I, I really do. I mean, look, I I love Fitzmagic and, and everything he's he's been able to accomplish this Harvard grad self, and um, I, I, wish, I wish him the best, but – if I do, if I can see him going anywhere, it's going to be again somewhere as a backup. It's not going to be anywhere starting or even really fighting for a spot, start a, a starting spot. And to me, I le- I look at someone like Las Vegas, who has a kind of question marking card. Nobody really is sure on whether they want to get rid of him yet or not. But it's still out there. It's still John Gruden. Literally, I feel like that guy would sell his firstborn child for a first round draft pick at this point in time if somebody offered it to him. So. I mean, it's who knows with that team. Anybody's ready to go, so maybe he goes there and, and battles for a starting spot. But I, I honestly think Fitzmagic is it was the end of the run for Fitzmagic, in my opinion. I, I I don't know if I I don't know if he comes back. He's one of those weird characters, though. So you never know with him. He could just come, say, "Screw it, I'm shaving my beard and coming back as a as a gunslinger." Who knows? Absolutely. And then another quarterback that's set to the free agent market: Jameis Winston for the Saints. What do you think happens with him? Do you think the Saints resign him, or do you think he's good as gone? If he is, where do you think he goes? Honestly, I'd say New Orleans resigns him. I don't, I don't see why they wouldn't. To be honest with you, because Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill that much. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's probably the only reason uh, anybody ever stops that. But I still think they bring him in as a backup, even with Taysom being the quote unquote starter at thirty-one or thirty-two, if I'm not mistaken. You don't think Jameis says, screw you guys, I'm going to go somewhere where I can actually, you know, not be behind a running back? Yeah, because to me, who is who, who has Jameis done enough to earn anything to be in front of not a, not a running back? Um, you mean he's a young kid with a strong arm and he just threw a 57-yard touchdown pass in a playoff game with a perfect a, quarterback rating? As a career, has a one-to-one touchdown to turnover ratio. Don't forget, um, NFL coaches are the smartest guys in their own heads. They'll think they can fix that. That is true, you know, it, and maybe maybe he does go somewhere. I honestly can't see it at this point in time. It would and if you're the Saints, if Drew Brees is hanging it up, it's like keep that guy there. He knows the system. Yeah. He, I feel like you'd be smart to keep him at that point. And when he came into play, it wasn't like he came in and he was bad. 
You know, he exactly. came in and he was he, he felt the offense. Obviously, it was a very minimal playbook for him, but I don't know. I don't see why you'd get rid of him. Um, but there's one to me that I, I got to ask you about, and, and I'm only asking you because I feel like I'd be too biased in this answer. Um, but there's a guy floating out there coming back off injury that not a lot of people are talking about in these quarterback sweepstakes. But yeah, Dak, they're 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 talking about him. They're just not getting very far because yeah. I know who you're talking about. And but, but Dak ahead. Prescott, obviously coming back after injury, what do you think happens with him? I I mean, because obviously I'd give a very biased opinion on that, and and I'm I want to get the unbiased opinion on it. Frankly, I think your Cowboys are going to have to keep him. I think they're going to franchise tag him if nothing else. You're they're going to find a way to keep him. You can't just let him walk because you don't have a replacement. Your pick's not quite. Unless there's somebody in the draft you absolutely love, like let's say they love Justin Fields and they're willing to trade up to like the second or third pick or something to go get him. Or if they're going to bring in somebody in the offseason, maybe maybe they like Jameis for some reason and bring him in, I guess. I don't know. It's I feel like Dak's your guy. You've seen so much that he did for you before his injury. I know they weren't winning games, but he was putting up numbers out the you-know-what. Mm-hmm. I feel like you kind of have to keep him at this point. Even if you franchise tag him and he hates every second of it, you kind of have to, and then just be like, all right, if you come back healthy, we'll re-sign you. And you kind of and he's stuck kind of playing that role again, which would suck for Dak because we saw what happened last year. But I think the Cowboys have to keep him. If he's gone, everybody's gonna be like, Hello, sir, sir, we'd like you. Please, please. It'll be the Dak sweepstakes. And then to Sean just be sitting there back, like, hey guys, don't don't forget about me. Please yeah. don't forget about me. And then they're gonna be like, Nope, free Dak. Yeah, yeah. I I I do kind of agree with you on that, honestly. I'm I have a hard time believing the Cowboys are gonna let him walk. Um, but at the same time, I, I can't lie. I, if I'm Dak, I'm hesitant to sign the line for, for the Cowboys. I mean, look, they just left you out to dry last season and you got injured and then you continued to lead the league in passing while you were injured for, for another three weeks, four weeks after that. So, I mean, maybe he's just like, you know what? Nah, I'll sit out a season and come back as a complete free agent and never sign his tender. So, I mean, it, that's something I, I was reading that that's a possibility that has been talked about. And I don't know if it's coming from his camp or not, but it's obviously it's out there in the Cowboys Dak, Dak atmosphere. So who knows what's actually real and what's not in those atmospheres because Cowboys fans like to make up everything and so do camps. So speaking we'll of camps, Cam is actually a free agent as well, too. Do you think anyone's going to take a flyer on him, or is he basically going to get a late, late free agency pickup like we saw last year? Somebody just kind of brings him in to almost be a backup, more or less. What do you think Cam's future looks like? It's that's a tough one, honestly. I I, I do want to say yeah, somebody takes the flyer on him, but I don't know who. I like I honestly don't know who would have the guts to really reach out and be like, all right, come on here, because he's a very demanding presence, and I don't mean that in a bad way to Cam. But I mean that, and he was a former number one pick, former MVP candidate, and former Super Bowl runner-up who has a persona. He's very polarizing, to say the least. Yeah, and, and there's nothing wrong with having a persona as a, as a football player. And, you know, it's not like – it's just as a quarterback specifically, that's something that a lot of these old man groups that run teams are afraid of, is having a quarterback with a persona. And especially if he's going to be your backup, I have a hard time thinking he's going to get an early offer. I I do think it might be a late offer and it'll be just like, hey, come on in and compete, but you're probably going to be our backup. And it's probably going to be with a team like maybe Atlanta, who may or may not keep Matt Ryan or 
maybe Matt Rule in a return to Carolina. I mean, there's been talks that Teddy obviously isn't totally fitting there. So maybe. Yeah. Well, you mentioned two other guys, so we'll go quickly a little more rapid through some of these ones. Teddy Bridgewater's out there. Do you think he gets moved or do you think he's sticking around? Again, he's one if he gets moved, I see it to a team like Chicago. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's – I mean, they were already talked about to get him anyways in last year's free agency, uh, trying to sign him, and he ended up in Carolina instead. Um, what, but, what kind of draft pick do you think they would have to get in return or what kind of Drake composition? Maybe a second or a third or something in that? Because yeah. he's probably not getting a first for Teddy. Yeah, I mean, look, the one sad thing about Teddy's career is it was so good early on. Everybody forgets all that, though. Like, he was so promising yeah. before he before he messed up both of his legs. It looked good for four games, and then it was like, well, crap, you broke everything in both legs, and you didn't play for three years, and you came back, and you looked good in, in five games, and then you looked good for half of a season for the Panthers, and what are we going to get from you? So, I mean, honestly, he might go for a third, if I'm being completely honest. I mean, I, I don't think he'll go for a third. I think he'll probably go for a second just with the way the market is right now maybe a late first for somebody like two years down the road. But I mean, that would be a gift if he's given a first, but I think a second is probably what he's going to go for for sure. I have an, un before we move forward, I have an unorthodox pick for you for the, for the Teddy Bridgewater. What do you think about this one? How about the Colts going after him as your stopgap guy? Cause they're not quite ready to put Jacob Eason out there by the sounds of it. Let's say Indy offers their second round pick. Cause they know they could trade back out of their first round pick. For Teddy Bridgewater, maybe a conditional fourth that could turn into a two the next year. Something along those lines. So you give Teddy, who's kind of captain checkdown, kind of like what Alex Smith's career was for a little while there. More or less, he'll make the right play, but he won't necessarily make the winning play, if that makes sense. He won't he won't screw you over, but he won't go above and beyond. But you give him that running game, they're pro they have a lot of cap space, and the word is they're going to bring in receivers, and we're going to talk a lot about the receivers, especially coming up over free agency. Yeah. We'll tease ahead about that a little bit. You're going to list off some of them. In fact, you want to list off a few of the receivers now. Just talk about maybe 10 of the receivers set to be free agents. Yeah, well, since we're talking about the Colts, obviously I'll start with the big one there, T.Y. Um, one of their their targets for the, for the year is Chris Godwin is projected to be a target for the Colts going forward. Corey Davis is another one. Brashad Perriman, Allen Robinson, A.J. Green, Sammy Watkins, Marvin Jones, uh, Kenny Galladay, John Ross, Kendrick Bourne. I mean, there's so many guys that are that are going to be free agents. There's a projected as somewhere like 42 different receivers will be moving teams next year. 42 receivers that are included in the starting lineup. So one or two, or if they're a three-rider team, then it's obviously one, two, and three. Um, Curtis Samuel, Demir Bird. Uh, we can Des go Bryant. on it. Yeah, like, I can literally. I have like a whole list in front of me, and it's literally like. 30 some odd 40 some odd deep and there's a third page to it so i'm just exactly not going to so if you're the Colts, you're probably going to bring in some more weapons to bolster up the young receiving core it's the defense is up and coming and young too and if you keep that first round pick you can use that your offensive line is good you still got to get a left tackle but like the all pro quentin nelson pro bowl almost all pro level ryan kelly pro bowl caliber brain smith it's everything you can want for Teddy. It's what you, it's a little better than we had in Carolina. Carolina obviously had the receiving core from hell. That was insane. But everything else, if you, Teddy Bridgewater is your stopgap quarterback in Indy, he's, he'll have two years left on his deal. Cheaper than what you were paying Jacoby and Phillip last year. I think he's in the 18 ish million dollar a year range, yeah. something along I mean, that line. Was, so it's definitely a discount for sure. I mean, I, it's not a bad pick. He's, especially when you're in a division where Houston's a mess, Jacksonville's 
Well, yeah, they're still Jacksonville right now. We'll, we'll see so, what they do in the draft and how well they do. If you don't like them when they're one and fifteen, don't love them when they're four and twelve next year, basically. Jimmy and then Tennessee, Tennessee's <laughs> obviously the playoff team, but they were neck and neck with them. Tennessee has some defensive issues as well. So, and and the lack the lack of a safe passing game ended up killing Indianapolis in one of those games too. Exactly, and then you bring in the and he's mobile too. We forget Teddy's can actually run, and you. It's not even your. It's not your quarterback of the future. You're just not ready to try out Jacob Eason yet, because he hasn't had a full off season. Yeah, I mean so, it's 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 definitely a possibility. I don't think that's obviously their prime target, but I do think if it got down to the nitty gritty and the choices are, you taking the kid from the spring league, Jacob Eason, or you sign Teddy to a a one year eighteen million dollar flyer. I'm well, you won't have to sign him. It'll be a trade because he's still under contract. Oh yeah, sorry, trade for him, but. Yeah, trade for a second rounder or hell, even give up your first round pick that you may or may not and get a second round pick in return. And for him, like maybe, maybe that. I mean, I honestly, to me, the Colts, especially with their with their cap space and how much cap space they have, I think they can literally go after whoever they want right now, cap wise, in free agency and not really worry about it. Since and we're I, on the topic, who do you think they should? Who, if you were them, who do you go after right now? Since Stafford is now off the market and Deshaun, well, you're just going to assume that's not an option. Well, obviously, for me, first of all, it depends on what happens with Dak in in Dallas. We're um, going to presume that it sticks how we we're going to say yeah, things if, stick if how they are so far. If he stays there and Matt Ryan stays, and if everybody stays, and they're shopping, maybe Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo, um. Maybe Jared Goff for Detroit. Maybe they're not sold on Jared Goff and they just want to. They did say that Jared Goff is their quarterback of the future. Like they did oh, okay. say that. So they so. finally confirmed that. So well, yeah. let's also take that with a few pounds of salt too. But I'm at, <laughs> let's just hypothetically say they're keeping Goff for at least this year since they just traded him. Yeah. So let's say they're let's say it's shopping out there is is Matt Ryan and uh, David Carr and um, Derek. Uh, Derek Carr. Yeah. Sorry. And and yeah, the other Carr always gets into my head <laughs> because he's he's the announcer. Um, and then uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's say those three are being shopped around or your options are to go to the draft or somebody like Teddy. To me, I look at Carr or Matt Ryan as your best option for Indy because the one thing with Matt Ryan is he is everything Alex Smith is with a little bit of screw it, T.Y. is down there somewhere, or in his case, Julio's down there somewhere. <laughs> Um, he's had the very big gift of having Julio his entire career, and so he's not afraid to just kind of throw it up there once in a while. Well, he did have, before he had Julio, he had Roddy White, so he's basically always had a number one. Yeah, and, and everybody forgets about Roddy White and how fantastic he was, especially on the deep balls. And Ty, hello, Captain Deep Ball himself and double move specialist. Uh, why not? Um, I, I think Matt Ryan's fantastic. Or Car, Car's big arm. I think, we, I think it might a lot get him in trouble, but at the same time, I think that's a very good option for him. I think those two are your big two options because obviously they both being talked about being shopped, and with Wilson likely to go to Atlanta or Phil's to go to Atlanta, that might be the best one is to go with Matt Ryan. If Carr's out there, I think he's the one guy you could trade that first round pick for if you're Indian. Back, okay, we are comfortable with this because he's shown the ability to be such a. He's I know he's a really has a bad winning record as a career. We saw him at his healthiest. He get with a good offensive line. He can throw darts all over the place. MVP Even this last year with John Gruden, who we we let's say we have some qualms with some of his personnel groupings and random play calling <laughs> and use of people on the field. AKA, and the, uh, you weren't playing enough, is what you're telling me. 
and then you go from like four wide receivers to jumbo set randomly, like back to back. It's it seems like you're just cycling people for fun. Yeah. And then not the best receiving core. Derek Carr be a really good fit too. I just don't know what you would have to get rid of to get hit necessarily. Yeah, so, that's yeah, that's a middle of the ground type of a quarterback that you're not sure he could go one of two ways. He can go the Matt Stafford route, or what kind of like some people would think for a Jimmy or a Kirk Cousins, you know? Exactly. And just so we don't spend too much time, we'll go over to a few other quarterbacks really quick. Like one that might be on the trade block, but we don't know. Sam Darnold. If the Jets decide to go away from Sam Darnold, yeah. what do you trade for Sam Darnold, and who do you think should go after him? Look, I, I know this is kind of another one where you take it with a grain of salt. They've obviously, Robert Sala has come out and said, he's my quarterback, and that's what we plan to build around. However, again, 14-plus quarterbacks projected to move positions. Sam Darnold would make it 15, so no surprise if it actually happens. And the Jets are sitting at number two, so who knows? Maybe if the Jaguars screw up their pick, they get they get Trevor Lawrence, and then they get to do whatever they want with Sam Darnold. Um, yeah, there's so many possibilities. Honestly, with Sam, for what you can get for him, I, I, I see two firsts and a second. You really think so? You really think you can get that much for him? I mean, look, Matt Stafford just went for two first, two seconds, and a third. Like Matt Stafford hasn't been confirmed seeing ghosts in the last 375 days, though. We know Matt Stafford sees ghosts. He played. We know Detroit. that, but we there's he's, not. He's a... played in Detroit for far too long to not see ghosts. <laughs> that that's tough. I mean, I feel like you might be able to get a second for Sam at this point. I just don't think the market's very high for him at the because he has not had a great career. Like he's seen flashes. People who know it have seen it, but it's hard to drive up drive that kind of price. I mean, I look at it, he's a former former number one pick. Uh, still young. I mean, what, he's 24? 23, I think, because he came in the league at like 21. So. Still still on his rookie contract. For two more years, one more year plus the fifth year option. So you look at that and you're telling me that that's not enticing to somebody, that a guy who was projected when he, you know, for all intents and purposes, if he came out a year earlier, he still would have been the unanimous number one pick then. And he honestly probably should have because he would have not ended up on the Jets, but that's neither here nor there. Poor guy. Yeah, I know. But he wouldn't have gotten mono the first time he ever kissed a woman either. Um, uh, I don't know. Have you seen Sammy's? It's probably the first time he kissed a New York woman. That's probably what it was. That's true. Yeah. So anyways, but you know, I think, look, the way the market is, there's, I feel like teams are so overwhelmed and excited about what the, pos- the possibility of a quarterback could be and a, and a franchise-changing quarterback that – Everybody, like you said it earlier, coaches are so smart in their own heads. Everybody thinks I could make him not see ghosts. I could make him that best quarterback that he was potentially supposed to be. Bring him here. I'll give my two first round picks and I'll give a second for him. But I do think I do think that's obviously optimistic. I think that's what you'd ask for, but you probably would be more than willing to accept a first and second or two seconds. I feel like you could get a late one or maybe an earliest two for him at this point. I mean, Josh Rosen is in the same situation. Coming out, it just right away, and the Cardinals yeah. traded him for a straight second. Josh and that was Rosen. still younger with a lot less background of basically losing. Yeah, but there was something in Josh Rosen's practice film that everybody saw that was not good. I Did everybody still, see it, though? I mean, I, don't I know. still, yeah, I still don't know what it is. I, but whatever the coaches saw in that, that they were like, you know what? We don't want him. Take him off of our hands, please. Well, I'm just saying, like, did the other team see it before trading? Like, did the well, Dolphins yeah, obviously, see it? obviously not before trading for him. But you know, once yeah. they got him, obviously, looks like the Dolphins. I mean, they just straight cut him. They're like, ah, we don't need you anymore. Bye. Oh yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, they. Like, for some reason, I feel like I feel you might be able to get a one for Sam. I don't think you're gonna get multiple picks though. I just feel like that's unlikely. 
I just think there's uh, you haven't heard enough bad about Sam to to say that you can't yet. And because I still think the market is what it is, I, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody overpays. We'll see. Somebody will, but yeah. you never know. <laughs> there's a buyer out there for everybody. I mean, who knows? Yeah, maybe they'll keep. And then there's still the quarterbacks in the draft. We still had Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance. We assume Trevor Lawrence is going number one. If he doesn't, all of Jacksonville will riot. Yeah. And then there's New England too. That's sitting there as an open spot too. They don't have a quarterback on the roster. We wonder what I don't know what their plans are. Maybe they Danny plan to scoop up. It's gonna play quarterback for them. Well, oh, you know what? No, Bill's gonna go and sign David Sills as a free agent, the former eighth grade quarterback phenom who was offered a scholarship in eighth grade and ended up switching to a receiver by the end of his high school career and then going to West Virginia and. Yeah, anyways, that's who that's who that's who Bill's going to go sign and that's who's going to play quarterback for him and they'll be fine. Yeah, that sounds absolutely great. Yeah, just wonder. <laughs> so we talked about all these quarterbacks now. We basically falling out from the Stafford deal. We kind of skipped over Jared Goff a little bit. What do you think about this trade for Jared Goff? You go to a Lions team with all new management, but it is the Lions. They have multiple picks, but it's the Lions. You have a few weapons here and there with DeAndre Swift, Carryon Johnson, TJ Hawkinson still under contract. Frank Ragno, a decent offensive center, but it's the Lions. How do you feel if you're Jared Goff? Yeah, the Lions are a coaching staff and a few pieces away from from being there, uh, along with a GMs to get them those few pieces uh, to get there, uh, away from, from actually being able to do something. So, yeah, I like. I think Jared Goff, he's one of those guys, obviously it's going to depend on the, 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 the supporting guys around him. Um, but I do think he could he could be good with these first round picks and, and depending on what they can do around him. But I don't know. I, it's such a such a toss up for him because they need to get offensive line in to help him. They need DBs to help him. They need safeties. They need linebackers. Um, pretty much, you can go down the list of things that the Lions need are so great that Jared Goff alone will not fix it. But those picks will definitely help out as long as they pick the right players. Exactly. There are ways to go. And speaking of Jared Goff and Matt Stafford switching jerseys, if you need yourself a new jersey for one of those two guys, you can jump to fanatics.com and go pick pick those up. Link is in our bio. All the great all the great contact fan gear that you need in the link tree below. Yeah. And we and that, on that ahead. note, we're actually gonna go ahead and take a quick break and hear about fanatics and Fubo TV. Real quick like, and we'll be right back. What's up, everybody? It's Kelsey from the High Low Sports Podcast. You know, if you missed the brand new news, we have partnered with Fanatics.com. So if you're in the market for a brand new t-shirt, brand new hoodie, brand new jersey, no matter the team, no matter the player, no matter the sport, Fanatics.com is your place to stop. Not only does this help support our podcast, but it helps support the entire Onion Sports Network. Check the link in our bio or go to OnionsSN.com. I'll be having DJ in the High Low Sports Podcast. See ya. What's up, everybody? It's Kelsey from the High Love Sports Podcast, and we recently partnered with Fubo TV. What is Fubo TV? Fubo TV is a service to broadcast live TV over the internet, no cable required. Watch your favorite teams, network shows, news, and movies on over 100 plus channels. You get channels like CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox. You can watch all the games. So go ahead, click that link in our bio, and get started on your seven day free trial. And stay tuned to some more great programming right here on the Unhinged Sports Network. And welcome back. Obviously, you guys just heard about Fanatics and Fubo TV. Don't forget Dr. Squatch Soap Company. You guys haven't checked them out yet either. Bringing fancy organic soaps right to your door. 
help you smell good, help you get clean. And if you guys have a beard, you're trying to grow a beard out, obviously we have six more weeks of winter, as Puxatani Phil just told us. So get some beard oil, get some nice clean cleanliness going on up there. And craft and the original craft beer club. If you guys haven't checked out them out, it's like Bark Bucks, Bark Box, but for adults. Get craft beer sent straight to your door. Go check them out as well. All the links are in our bio. Click on those. Help out the podcast. Help out the network. We love you guys for, for doing that, for checking all that out. But moving on. Uh, obviously, we talked about a lot of the quarterbacks. And when there's one big one, we just kept mentioning his name, but we didn't really talk about him. Deshaun Watson. DJ, do you want to mention him at all? Or do you just kind of, we'll wait and see? Or do you even think he goes anywhere? I'm almost at the feeling where I don't think he goes anywhere. I almost feel like he's going to hold out. It's just going to be a weird situation because that is going to be a huge asking price that I don't know if anyone can really offer it because they want two defensive starters and basically the two two to three ones. Like It's going to take a three-team trade, I think, at this point. No one team can do it. Yeah. You have to find a way to basically rope somebody else into it and just unload a pile of picks. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. I think the only two teams that could possibly be in, in standing there is now the Rams with their first-round picks that they just got, and the Jets were the only two teams that could possibly do it, and that's about it. And I don't see either one of them going and trying to flip for Deshaun right now. But who knows? Maybe the Rams surprise us all again and go after Deshaun, but I doubt it. Um, I'm I, with you. I don't I don't think he goes anywhere at this point. I don't know how you can get that many picks for the Rams. You don't have anything, but there is one trade I saw on oh, sorry, Twitter. I will bring it up. <laughs> I didn't see this trade option on Twitter. I don't remember who sent it out. I saw the graphic for it. So whoever I'm stealing this from, I'm sorry. But here's an interesting trade option for Deshaun. He goes to the Raiders of all teams. We know John Gruden loves himself some Deshaun Watson, especially after he got kicked in the face and threw a touchdown on the Raiders. They will get a third round. They will get two. The Raiders will get Deshaun and two third round picks. It'll be the Colts and the Texans involved as well. Texans will receive Marcus Mariota, the backup quarterback for the Raiders. And first round picks in 21, 22, and 23. And the tw- and a, actually, yeah, and then a fourth round pick in 2022, all from the Raiders. And the Colts end up with Derek Carr. So kind of mentions the Derek Carr that we talked about too. All three teams get a quarterback they could start with. Texans get an absolute rip of picks. Yeah. The Raiders actually get a few picks in return as well for their quarterback. And the Colts get to keep their first and second round picks and get their quarterback. I mean... That sounds like a good trade to me. Uh, if I'm the Colts, I love that trade. I mean, obviously, yeah, you have to give up some picks for that. A pick, um, only the third pick, third round pick too. I mean, oh, that's the only pick that they're having to give up. That was the only one in that graphic is just their third round pick going to the Raiders, but all the first rounders seem to be the Raiders picks. Oh yeah, let the Raiders send whatever they want. I mean, who? It's the Raiders. Who cares what they do? Honestly, at this point in time, let them. They, they lose three first round picks and a fourth, but you gain two threes, one of them for this year, and then the Houston one for next year. Yeah, I mean, look, John Gruden actually does a really good job picking in those three to five range for for players. Uh, He's about, way better in the later in the later rounds than the first round. Yeah, you think about his defensive end, the young defensive end. He got um, Max, Max Crosby. Yeah, Max Crosby. Um, better than their first round pick, Cleveland Farrell. I mean, yeah, their tight end that they 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 ran out there so many times this last year was a third round pick as well. Um, I mean, there's a lot of good players that he ends up getting the three, three through five. I think Namdi Asamoah, if I'm not mistaken, was a third round pick. Uh, Namdi was before his time, but was he before it was, it was after his first oh, time, right. but before yeah, this. Never mind. Yeah. It was yeah, shortly after. Yep, my bad. I'm going too far back in the memory banks. We're the the Super Bowls in Tampa. Tampa's in the Super Bowl, and I'm thinking John Gruden my whole, the whole the whole time. Um, but no, anyways. So obviously, I mentioned it. The Super Bowl. Uh, a very subtle le- uh, uh, segue, if you guys will. Um, obviously, I'm. Totally a professional at this. <laughs> but DJ, 
Tampa Bay versus Kansas City. I'm going to toot my own horn and say I called it at the beginning of the year. I took the low-hanging fruit, and then for the one time in the world that it actually pays off, the low-hanging fruit is what ends up in the Super Bowl. Um, how do you feel about the Super Bowl matchup, first of all? It's kind of weird just because, like, Kansas City, we kind of felt they have not been – they've been a favorite in every game for, like, the last 70 games or whatever the hell it was, or the 45 games. I don't know what the exact numbers, but they're always the favorite. No one's – they're kind of almost a clear consensus team to get here. Tampa Bay is kind of weird because they have not been that great of a team all year. They've had little spurts. Like they got hot at the end of the regular season against mediocre teams. They beat the, they barely beat the the Washington football team with a backup quarterback playing on an AC joint injury. <laughs> yeah. They honestly were losing to the saints and then randomly smacked the heck out of the saints out of nowhere. Devin white just turned into a monster and then having punt returns called back didn't help. And then against green Bay, like we both feel like Aaron Rodgers could have ran that one in, but at the same time, if Kevin King just, you know, knew how to backpedal. And then it, yeah. And then J- Tom Brady had like his Jameis Winston moment in the second half, but they managed to stop Green Bay from even scoring on it. Tampa Bay feels weird in this one. I'm not going to lie. It doesn't feel like they were, they don't feel like they were the best team out of the NFC. They felt like they were in the right place at the right time, which happens all the time. Nothing. It's not trying to completely shaft them so Tampa can relax. I'm not completely ruining, trashing them. They earned their way here. Just the roads to get here were very, very different. And then on top of that, you factor in Patty's injury against the Browns. It's like, oh, what does this mean? And then against the Bills when they basically tell Pat they have the perfect game plan to eliminate all of Patty's freestyling, like everything is on script and on schedule. It's their best game of the year. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you right there. Uh, it kind of feels like the the Tampa Bay is – I hate using – I hate this term because I hear it so much thrown out by these talking heads on ESPN and Fox and everything – but kind of the team of destiny, if you will, they kind of seem destined for this soup be the, to be the first team to play a Super Bowl at home. It kind of seemed once they signed Tom Brady and everything in the offseason, everything sort of worked their way towards this. Despite all the weird crap that happened in the middle of the season, where Bruce Arians gets mad at Tom Brady and Tom Brady gets mad at Bruce Arians, and it felt like it was just one big giant show for destiny to just be like, "Don't worry, guys." I got you. We'll put you guys right home, right at home at Raymond James Stadium. And it, it feels weird that they're there because, yeah, there's a bunch of fantastic parts, but I don't feel like they even clicked at the same time at any point in time this season. Like, I feel like they just kind of got here. My favorite storyline of this is Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell in the Super Bowl. One of them is going to get a ring while the Steelers were sent home in the first round by the Browns as the Browns for the, after playing them for the second time, in two, losing to them two times in two weeks, too. Exactly. Yeah, that'd be actually a really entertaining story. Um, but speaking of the things like that, stories, obviously we'll do a lot more of the breakdown during NFL Unhinged. But DJ, what what are kind of some of the matchups you're looking at in this one that might decide your pick? You don't have to give us your pick if you don't want to, but what's your what 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 are the matchups you, you, you're looking towards? Well, obviously the story of the first one was, oh my God, Tyreek down there somewhere for an entire first quarter and absolutely destroyed first quarter records. And Patty's winging it. Then they kind of got stagnant, and Tampa Bay managed to roll back into the game a little bit and make it competitive. So my question is, do they contain Tyreek Hill this time? Do they keep a safety over the top at all times? Or do they keep Carlton Davis by himself out there and say, no, no, it's fine, just race Tyreek Hill. I'm sure this will go well. And does Patty stay on schedule? Because he has the ability to get – that's what I was talking about the Bills is they stayed on schedule. They didn't force anything. Best game of the season. But what's kind of plagued the Chiefs is throughout the season is not staying on schedule, forcing big plays, 
kind of getting greedy. In the red zone, they've struggled mightily throughout the year. I mean, they were like 20th in red zone scoring. All their touchdowns had to come from like 30 yards out, which for them it actually was just fine. It was pretty easy. So I'm curious, how does the Chiefs offense come into this game? It was especially with how the Buccaneers defense is rolling with like seven playoff takeaways now. Devin White's everywhere. And then the, on the other side of the ball, the Chiefs defense, can they confuse Tom Brady? They kind of thrive on being a very a lot of pre-snap movement, showing a single high safety and then rolling into a cover four. Like they Tyron Matthew is everywhere. Dan Sorensen is dirty Dan for a reason, but he's all over the field as well. They have a lot of really rangy players. Can they can they mess up the Tampa Bay timing? Because We've seen Tom not be at his best. I know he had fantastic stats, but we saw some of those interceptions against in the Packers game. He's like, ah, panic, just throws it up right into Yair Alexander's hands. Or just he's had a few of those throughout the year where he just isn't comfortable necessarily or when he's not ahead of the game like he always so often is because he is Tom freaking Brady. If he's not ahead of everything or just on top of everything, his post-snap isn't necessarily – if his post-snap and his pre-snap don't match, we haven't seen the best Tom Brady this year. Yeah, it doesn't seem to find his hot routes. He doesn't have a backup plan as well. If I'm not wording this very well, but I know what I'm trying to say here. And if the Chiefs can't confuse him like they do to a lot of other quarterbacks with all their movement, their disguises, that can make things get really ugly really quickly if if Brady's not on his P's and Q's at the line and post-snap. Yeah. And, you know, for me, honestly, I, I actually kind of agree with a lot of what you just said, um, especially the the part about, you know, with the Chiefs offense, can they stay on schedule? I think a big part about that, and if you guys heard me early in the season, in our, in our preseason ri- predictions, I mentioned Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is kind of who I have getting my Super Bowl MVP. And I Kind like, of you blatantly outright said Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is getting Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, yeah, I, I actually just straight up said that. Uh, but yeah, no. So Didn't even I, hesitate. Like, it was almost insulting for anyone to think otherwise. And I stand by that. I think if the, the Chiefs are going to have success, I think he has to be involved, and he has to help keep them on pace. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell is going to play a part. You're not going to bring Le'Veon Bell into a team and you know you're going to need running and don't use him in the Super Bowl of all times. But you know what? I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be that bell, bell cow for him. Um, I think I think it's going to be very interesting. If he can have a really good game and be that spark, it doesn't surprise me at all that he can do it or that if he does do it, they win easily. Um, on the flip side of things, though, I look at that Tampa Bay defense – can Levante David, can Devin White, can they continue this form they've been in in the playoffs? Shaq Barrett has absolutely stepped up and been terrorizing teams. Jason Pierre-Paul with two and a half fingers, one and a half finger, whatever he has now, the claw of death. He is picking off balls with that hand. He is swatting balls away. He is terrorizing everybody on the line. Um, can they keep that up? Because if they can get to Patty and they can get Patty to be rolling and get greedy like he normally does, We've seen him lose 20, 30 yards on a play just because he tries to get too greedy. I mean, obviously, you're not going to get too many 20-yard losses from Patty, but he does have three on the season that are just like, what were you doing, guy? And uh, so it, maybe he does a couple more times. Who knows? Um, but it's a possibility if they can if they can perform the way they have. And the way Devin White's been flying to the ball in the postseason, that's that's something to watch. And Levante David, I mean, I, if you guys heard our NFL and Hinge episode, I, I liken him a lot to Bobby Wagner and his mentality to the game and how he plays, and maybe he steps up. Um, that'll be a very interesting one. I think those are the two matchups that I'm really interested, though, is the Chiefs running game versus the linebacking core and Jason Pierre-Paul for the Bucks. Can they get pressure? Can they play smart and not get out of position? Uh, and on top of that, I was that too, too, with that linebacking core. 
two of the best cover linebackers in the league with their range going against Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in football. Yeah. And if you want to be stingy, that he's the best receiving tight end in football for just depending on what you're, I say is the best tight end, whatever tomato, tomato. And it wouldn't surprise me actually, if they drop Carlton Davis in on Travis Kelsey and stick Murphy bunting and Jamel Dean or some combination of the two out wide against Tyreek after how he terrorized them in the first game. Um, Cause Carlton, we talk about, he matched up against slant boy, Mike Thomas, and he did a great job. Devonte Adams did a fantastic job against him. So, uh, yeah, but uh, Travis Kelsey is a lot bigger than those guys, and is likely to absolutely throw Carlton Davis. I know, yeah, you, but, I know I mean, Carlton Davis. About Murphy, Murphy Bunting, Jamel Dean, and Carlton Davis. I think the best option there would be Carlton Davis. I'm just saying, like you have Devin White, who's the fastest guy on the field, not named well, not in this game because it's the know, Chiefs, he's but in the most fastest guy on the field named in a Buccaneers uniform. It's almost like do you risk that? Then have almost bracket him with those two linebackers, or just have one of them play in a hook zone over the middle and. How does Travis Kelsey's route running come into play then too? Because his route running is a receiver. That's that's a fun matchup to see too. I'm curious about because if they're yeah. smart, they will put a safety over Tyreek Hill at all times. Even if he's lined up at running back, there will be a safety lined up over the top of him. You cannot let him burn you again. You let me call Hardman burn you, burn you for 200 yards, and if that happens, you high five him and you hope he fumbles one time. Basically, yeah, you, you go shake Andy Reid's hand and be like, "You did not outcoach yourself today, Mister Reid. Thank you." I mean, you let Sammy Watkins go beat you, even though. He's one of the leading postseason receivers the last couple of years. It's he's not exactly in their top three targets because he's always injured and not always the most reliable. He's a big play guy, but you can't. He's here and there. He's very hit and miss. He's the guy who either hits a home run or he strikes out. There's no in between. You let that. You take your odds with that. You don't let Tyreek destroy you, and you try and contain Travis Kelsey a little bit with your freakish linebackers. Exactly, but that does it for us on our football talk, and we do have to mention today, obviously. Uh, we were recording this on Tuesday, so for people who don't know, Fred Van Fleet just dropped 54 points today, which is the broke the franchise record for the Raptors. Shout out to him for that. Um, scoring his his points total goes with his heights in inches or centimeters. I don't know what they measure in Canada, but it all equals the same. Point is, he has enough points to basically stack up next to him, so that's a heck of an achievement. Well-deserved, and especially from a guy who's Basically, always kind of under thought of just because he's not, like you mentioned, he's not a tall guy. He's always under overlooked, no pun intended. So good on him, too. And considering some of the players the Raptors have had in their history, it's quite the feather in the cap. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about a guy that bet on himself and won that bet uh, a couple years back. Actually, within their title run, he bet on himself to, to have a fantastic year, had a career year, and signed a huge contract because of it. And now he goes out and shows maybe it wasn't a bad idea to sign him to so much. But that does lead us into a more important topic. Obviously, if you guys heard us what last weekend, we did the Suns-Mavericks game on ColorCast. And this weekend, on Saturday at 7 p.m. Central Time, we will be doing Milwaukee at Cleveland on ColorCast. If you guys haven't already downloaded ColorCast, the link is in our bio. Click the link in our bio and download. Download it. And that will be February 6th, by the way, just depending on when you're listening to this. February February 6th. Yeah, because I guess that this could be replayed the next week. So, yeah, February 6th, Saturday, February 6th at 7 p.m. Central Time. Thank you, DJ, for the the clean Just looking out for it. Check us out there. Listen to some of our play-by-play, our commentary. Jump in the comment section, too. Kelsey does a really good job reading through those, getting everybody involved, too. Just come join us. Have fun. Let's talk sports, basically. Exactly. Yeah, we'll give you guys the best – the best play-by-play you've ever heard that wasn't from somebody named Chris Berman or Stuart Scott. Whoa, whoa, you you keep Chris Berman out of here, and you replace that with Gus Johnson. Fair enough. Okay, 
I will Chris Berman is not Johnson. a play-by-play guy. He is a TV star from the longest yard. Fair enough. All right, fine. Gus Johnson and Stuart Scott when he did play-by-play for one season, which was fantastic, by the way. But And Steve Levy. Like, there's a list we can go on. Just it's, <laughs> Chris Berman's not on that list. We're the young bucks coming up on that list is what I'm telling you guys. We are, not, that, we are not as young as we'd like to be, though. Doesn't matter. I'm going to stick with what I just said. If you don't believe that we are that good, come listen to us and you can talk trash. Uh, right now, in case you do not know, ColorCast is only available on iOS apps, but still download. If you do have an iOS app, that means iPad, iPhone, Apple, Home, Mac Mini, you name it. If you can download Apple products, download it. Check it out. Um, 7 p.m. Central Time, and that is on Saturday, February 6th. I can't wait for that game. It's going to be a really exciting game. we got a lot to talk about in that game. It should be fun. A young squad versus the perennial powerhouse. Yeah, We'll see how it goes, especially with trade deadline looming. Some interesting talk to look into that one. Yeah, we will have plenty of conversation about that. Um, we'll probably go on go on a little bit early for that, guys. But, DJ, any final words before we get out of here? Be sure to check out some of our wonderful sponsors as well. We've talked about them a lot. A little something for everything you need. All the sports fan gear, man gear, everything you can need, honestly. So definitely give them at least take a look at them. See if you like anything there. If you do like it, click on our links. Help us out. And thank you for tuning in once again. Absolutely, you know, talk about those Fanatics links. We cannot mention it enough. Super Bowl, you have to be a Chiefs fan, you have to be a Bucks fan. Whichever team wins, that that gear will be available immediately after the Super Bowl at Fanatics.com. The link is in our bio. I will keep saying link is in our bio until I fall apart. But that does it for us today, tonight, guys. Today, I don't even know what time it is anymore. But until next time, guys, see ya. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22.